Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is your... on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. This week's Dynasty Football Talk, Debbie Edition. I am your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host as always, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing okay, other than what transpired this weekend, but I'm I'm doing all right, doing something a little different here. Uh, my whole family, besides myself, was sick, so we are not currently in the same place, which is what we normally do, so if there's technical difficulties or kids screaming and yelling in the background... That's the reason. Yeah, so you hear anything of that nature. This is our first time attempting to record remotely, so I'm sure there's going to be some bumps in the road, but we'll just roll with it and see how it goes. But yeah, you did mention something happened this past weekend. I think it's uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game you're referring to. Oh, yeah. And oh, man, what a game that was. Hey, it was a good game for about two and a half quarters. Yeah, as a Michigan fan, that was a damn good game for all four quarters. Oh yeah, I bet. Hell yeah, it was it was it was good until it was about twenty four twenty for me, and then after that, it was just all downhill. Oh yeah, after that, we just put the paddling on you, all gas, no brakes from that point on. Apparently, yeah, we we couldn't stop the run. Yeah. Second second half, it was like we had no, we just didn't want it anymore. I guess we wanted the first half, but not in the second half. We knit this looked like we made no adjustments. It was just it was a hard game to watch being a diehard Buckeye fan, I will say that. Yeah. I wanted to turn it off, but I couldn't. Yeah, unfortunately, in my opinion, the real CJ Stroud showed up, you know, get some pressure on him, put some hands on him a couple different times and you rattle his cage and he's just all out of sorts for the whole game. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not blaming the game on CJ. Uh he for sure could have did better uh, at one point he had better stats than than JJ um, when you become one-dimensional on offense it becomes really hard to pass the ball we abandoned the run game and CJ just couldn't get it done at that point I mean I, I don't I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to sit there and just sit back and try and pick you apart like that um, I mean I'm I was upset. CJ didn't have the best of games. Uh, he he did have, I think, two picks in the end. Um, personally, I attribute them picks just to him wanting to make something happen, and you know they just got picked off. The one was a stupid mistake where he kind of shuffled past it. When yeah, was... that very last one was just like, yeah. "What the fuck are you doing, buddy?" Yeah, I mean the game was out of hand. It was already over. I mean. At that point, just chalk it up and start taking kneels, in right. my opinion. Um, we just didn't have any dog in us. <laughs> I mean, we, we had it in the first half, and the second half was a completely different story. It was like a tale. Of, it was a tale of two quarter or two halves. 
Michigan was just the the better team overall that day. We were severely outcoached in the second half, and I mean, there's to me not much more to say about it on the OSU side anyway. Ryan Day, I don't think he needs to be on the hot seat, but um, I mean, it might be a little warm, but you know, you can't get rid of him. Who are you going to replace him with? I mean, the only other option right now immediately would maybe bring back Urban Meyer. I don't, I don't see That'd that be a being to see. I don't necessarily think that's a legitimate option. Um, but going on to the Michigan side of the ball, uh, JJ made three really good throws for touchdowns. Um, I, I say really good throws. They were to me at best, slightly above average. Um, it was more or less kind of scheme and guys making plays, uh, Cornelius Johnson, burnt Cam Martinez on the one that was, you know, faked out, went back in <clears throat> and then Cornelius Johnson, same guy. Caught the ball. I think it was on an out route, and Cameron Brown missed the tackle, and then he ran for 72 or whatever fucking yards. Um, you know, just great plays overall. Uh, I think the bigger thing is just Donovan Edwards having those two huge rushes in the second half and the fourth quarter. Uh, hell of a game. I don't remember exact stats, but I'm sure he finished with over 200 yards. I think he had almost 200 in the second half alone. Um, it's like last year all over again. Yeah, just... Surprisingly, you know, Michigan did win the game by using the big play, and that's just not the Michigan way. But apparently it's in our toolbox now. Well, when you get burnt on three long touchdown throws, you, in my opinion, you can't really pin your ears back and try and stop the run. And then um, you get past that first level, and then there's nobody else there because you're playing, you know, man-to-man with single high safeties. Now he's got a wide-open lane. I mean, it, it's, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it's easy, but I can, I can see why you would break one for 80 yards. Yeah, it was, said it was a good game for about two and a half quarters. And then it just seemed like Ryan Day just couldn't get his head out of his ass and didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked a little bit before this, um, when you become one dimensional, it becomes really hard to win a game. And it seems like it's, become a regular thing for Ryan day. If it's a close game or we're down by a little bit that, um, we abandon the run. I don't, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Uh, he's making the play calls, makes a lot of money doing it, but I don't, I don't think that should be, I think that it should be a even 50, 50 split rushing and passing attempts, especially with the running backs that Ohio state has. I get that we were banged up for this game, but Dallin Hayden had a hell of a game the week before. And then, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, number 19, Ty, Tyranum or whatever, the transfer. Mm. He, he had a few really good runs. Um, just keep fucking pounding the rock. Just keep pounding it, you know. Eventually the safety's going to creep up, in my opinion, and then that's when you hit them deep. It's tried and true. I mean, it. if they can't stop you on the ground, which, I mean, Michigan did in the second half, but you got to keep pounding it. Yeah, you got to establish the run, open up the rest of your game. And for whatever reason, once again, Ryan Day just doesn't want to run the damn ball. And I don't get it with the running backs Ohio State has, why he doesn't want to utilize them. I I don't get it either. Again, I I get that Travion was hurt. And it seems like we've had, we've been nicked up at running back about every week, the last six, seven weeks, it feels like. But you've still got playmakers back there who can, who are pretty damn good. Um I don't know, man. The better team won. We were outcoached, outplayed in the second half. It 
I mean, I, I think the game was a lot closer than what the final score wound up being. But I mean, I can't I can't complain. We lost by almost they almost doubled us up. Was it forty five twenty three? Yeah, I mean, it was a damn good game as a Michigan fan. Glad to get back to back wins. But from a Devi perspective, I don't think we really learned too much new. I mean, for me, I've always had my questions about CJ Stroud, and he showed what those questions are once again. So it's if you're counting on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud to come in and save your dynasty teams in this they're upcoming not, draft, they're not going to do it year one. You're going to be hurting for quarterback once again, in my mind. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, we've said it before, but it seems like anything that's off schedule or not on time with CJ Stroud, he's subpar at best. Yeah, he did finally show a little bit of mobility, and he had a nice little five-yard scamper after he ran around the backfield for a minute. So it was nice to see him move around a little bit in the pocket more than usual. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it happen a couple times this year, a lot more so than last year that he has tucked the ball in some, you know, when the opportunities are there, I would like him do it more because, you know, a a running quarterback or the threat of a run from a quarterback is just keeps the defense on their heels or on their toes. Um, But yeah, I think we all know what CJ Stroud is at this point. If any, if everything's on time and on schedule, he can make every throw. But if it's not on time, not on schedule, you hit him a couple times. Uh, to me, it's a, like a comp similar to Derek Carr. If you sack him a couple times early, he might be done for the rest of the game, composure and mentally. Yeah, I like that comparison. I think it's a pretty good comparison. Although, you know, some people would like to think that talent-wise, CJ Stroud's on different level than Derek Carr, but... I mean, you never know. Same type of player, it seems like. And I don't think anybody's really ecstatic to have Derek Carr on their Superflex team. So, No, I mean, like, player comp-wise, I wouldn't necessarily compare him to Derek Carr, but his um, composure-wise, and if you get to him early and hit him or sack him a few times, that that's where more or less my comp is that what that comp is for that you can just completely knock him off his game early. And then he's not, he's not worth a fuck, which isn't really what happened this game, but uh, at least not early. No. Yeah. He's definitely early stages of the game. He made a few very good throws that made you say, wow, like the back shoulder of Marvin Harrison, when he was blanketed by a cornerback, that was a really good throw. His throw to Harrison down the sideline for his touchdown was another good one. So he had some good and bad this game, but again, the big questions I have about him showed up again, unfortunately. It just, we've been raving about this 23 class for the past two, three years now, and quarterback-wise, it's not looking very bright, in my opinion. Uh, At least not with the top two. Um, You do have some dart throw guys down the board that I think might be better suited. Um, but yeah, the I'm not super ecstatic about CJ Stroud nor Bryce Young personally. Um, and kind of getting to the game again. I mean, he, he threw the ball 48 times. I mean, it, that that's to me is way too fucking many. And yeah. we only ran the ball. We ran the ball less than th- 29 times. So, you know, 50 to 30, I'd like to see that be almost a perfect 50, 50 split in my opinion. 
Yeah, unfortunately, Ryan Day, just not going to get that. But, I mean, at least from a Debbie aspect, you guys do have some good running backs coming up the pipeline again with the freshman, Dallin Hayden. He looked very good against Maryland, and he looked pretty decent as a couple of runs he had this game. So I won't be surprised if we're talking about him next season or the year after that as being a Debbie star that we're really liking. No, absolutely. I think he'll... As long as a, fr- a freshman coming in doesn't, you know, completely jump him, I could see us talking about Hayden, you know, this time next year. Maybe even beginning of the season next year. Because we know Mayan's gone, and Travion, Travion should come back. But um, it might be another 50-50 split between Travion and Hayden again, like it was this year, kind of, with Mayan Williams. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing all around. Save Travion a few touches for the NFL. But it keeps them from taking all them hits. It's always a good thing. Yeah, we can't complain when that happens. Definitely not the biggest fan when there's a Jonathan Taylor type coming into the league that's already been bounced around for three-plus years in college. Right. It's a lot of hits. Fuck ton of hits. But on to the next game that we touched a little bit on last week, the Apple Cup, Washington at Washington State. Uh, the outcome was not what I wanted. Washington State took an L here. But Michael Penix Jr. and Cam Ward both put on a pretty damn good show in my eyes. I mean, Penix had 485 and three touchdowns, although he did have one pick. But his team walked away with the W and the Apple Cup trophy. And Cam Ward on the other side had 322, two touchdowns, no picks, but he did have a rushing touchdown. So they both showed out, just unfortunately. Washington's just way more talented than Washington State, and they walked away with the win. Yeah, But I've been seeing a lot more buzz around Michael Penix Jr. over the Have last you? month or so. I mean, I can I can see it. I personally was a fan of him when he was at Indiana. Um, I felt like he was the whole reason that offense did anything. Because didn't he uh, get hurt his last year in Indiana, and then Indiana went to complete shit the rest of the year? Yeah, when he was there, they were pretty damn good. I mean, the to me, the you kind of hit the nail on the head with talent disparity between Washington and Washington State. Michael Penix wasn't sacked once. Cam Ward was sacked six times. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's it's hard to get shit done when you're getting sacked six times, and that's just sacks. I'm sure he was pressured a hell of a lot more. Um, I mean, they only lost by 18, and Washington top to bottom overall is is just a hell of a better a better team. Yeah. I mean, I'm satisfied with the way Cam Ward played. Like you said, he was under duress. Most of the game getting knocked around, getting sacked. I know at one point he was positive, like 30 rush yards with his touchdown. And then I think he ended up with like negative six from all the sacks. So that wasn't, wasn't the best for him. Yeah. He, um, you negative. Yeah. He had 16 attempts for negative five yards. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, but but overall, uh, a, a good game for him, I'd say, to close out his season, I believe. No, absolutely. Um, he's had a, a a really good year. I think kind of maybe not Debbie-wise under the radar, but um, for us, I think he's had a hell of a year and, and under the radar for me personally. And I finished with a little over 3,000 yards, 23 passing touchdowns and eight interceptions. 
and that's not even including what he did on the ground. Yeah, and I believe a majority of those picks happened in the first half of the year, still getting acclimated to the FBS level and a new team and new teammates and whatnot. Right. So I can, I really believe that he improved and progressed as the season went on. He's a he's a better quarterback than what he was week one. Uh, personally, I think I'd rather have him than Anthony Richardson at this point. Oh, good old A. Rich. I mean, he's a tough case, man. He's got all the tools in the toolbox, but he just can't seem to put it together whatsoever. Week after week. Yeah, he's he, he seems like he just, it, it, depending on the week, determines what you're going to get. You don't know which one. I mean, I know at one point in this last this past weekend's game, he had five completions but three passing touchdowns. Right. But he was like five or fifteen or something stupid. Yeah. I think uh that was when we were texting about the game talking about um shit. Is it Florida State's quarterback? Travis? Yeah, Jordan Travis. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'd probably rather have Cam Ward as well. Just with A. Rich, you know, he's got the tools, very physical specimen. So if I mean, I'm not get the right team gets a hold of him and can do something with him, they might have something, another Jalen Hurts type of rise. And then I apologize if you hear some squeaking. My dog is going batshit crazy running around with a toy. I'm sitting here laughing my ass off. <laughs> But I already took one from him, then he found another one. They tend to but do if, that. But something like Jalen Hurts gets in the right system with some coaches that are willing to work with him. And build and around Justin him. Fields right now, he's improving very rapidly with the Bears. So you never know. We could be looking at something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not personally I'm not trying to knock Anthony Richardson at all. I still hope I still have him pretty high on my rankings personally. Uh I just would rather have Cameron Ward at this point. Uh, he seems a lot more consistent. I think Richardson's ceiling is a hell of a lot higher, though, because of the tools he has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I think NFL quarterback style-wise, I'd give the edge to Cam Ward. Yeah, you know, yeah. Rich is going to have to, again, like Jalen Hurts, land in that perfect spot. Lamar Jackson, whoever Good. takes him, they're going to have to build around him. Offense completely around him. Right, absolutely. I agree totally with that with that take. But moving on to another game and another quarterback prospect, my overall quarterback one and my pick Heisman. to win the Heisman. Yeah, mine too at this point. Yep, good old Caleb Williams. <laughs> so he went out there and just tore Notre Dame's ass up. He had a few Heisman moment highlight plays, I'd say. Running around, escaping defenses, throwing some dimes out there. And they they put the wood on them. Yeah, I mean, the final score was only 11-point game, but um, it was never a question for USC if they were going to win it. Uh, just look at his stats for the game, 18-22, 232. He only had one passing touchdown, but extremely efficient, didn't turn the ball over. Um, also had three rushing touchdowns for 35 yards. So, I mean, just a, he's, he's, he's my overall QB one and Debbie also now, um, Caleb Williams is just that guy. Yeah. I don't think at this point there's 
any question about it for the 24 draft, he's going to be the number one overall pick. And with, I think, in my mind at this point, there's a battle for the QB2 in that class, but I don't think anybody could overtake him with what he's done so far through, what, about a season and a half? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, season and a half. That's exactly where I'm at with it also. Um, not saying a guy like Quinn Ewers can't, but it'd be extremely fucking unlikely. We know Caleb Williams go out there next year, do the same thing over again, and Quinn, Quinn Ewers is going to have to take some crazy steps up to overthrow Caleb Williams. Yeah, and Quinn hasn't really progressed like I thought he would. I know he didn't really set the world on fire the last couple of weeks. Right. Which is very unfortunate. So, I mean, between him and your guy, Drake May, I think they'll be battling it out for QB2. Yeah, though, that's more, I would say those two are going to battle out more so than anybody taking over Caleb Williams, that's for sure. JJ JJ is 24, right? He is. That he is. Do you think he'll be, do you have him behind those three we just mentioned? I do. Right behind them, or do you have somebody else? Uh, Let me pull up my rankings here. I I believe in my mind he's right behind them. Uh, He'd be in that same range as uh, Shadur Sanders. Know how much I love that kid. Yeah, do you have Shadur at four then for the 24 class? It looks like right now I have uh, JJ at four. Okay. Followed by Jackson Dart and then Shadur Sanders. Gotcha. So, I mean, for me, I'd probably have Drake May pretty solidly as QB2 at this point with what he's shown throughout this season with his crazy numbers. Right. And I'd say it's Quinn and JJ and Jackson Dart are going to have it out in a triple threat match for QB3. Right. I, I can I can agree with that. Um with what Drake May's done this year comparatively to what Ken, Quinn Ewers has done, I would probably say Drake May is also my QB2 over Quinn Ewers at this point. Drake May's just, I mean, he kind of took the football world by storm. He was one of my early front runners for the Heisman. Uh, he's fell off a little bit since then, but he was up there. Yeah, I believe they lost to Georgia Tech last week. So I don't think that helped his Heisman hopes at all. I know he does get a shot at Clemson in the ACC title game. So, I mean, maybe he'll have a big game and something can shake out his direction, but... Yeah, they lost to Georgia Tech and both and NC State both the last two weeks, so... That's right, they lost to NC State Friday night. I completely forgot about that one. So, I mean, Caleb Williams, if he leads SC to a Pac-12 title and a playoff berth, I think he's got it locked up. I, at this point, I would have to agree with you i mean i mean if, if maybe Blake drake may second would have played against illinois in ohio state the full game and did what he normally does i think there would be a reasonable argument that he could walk away with it given basically the state of the heisman race and who's up there and what their teams and what they've done so far it would have probably been between blake Corm and caleb williams for me at that point yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, had Blake not been injured and just kind of held held steady and just ran 
you know, average game rushing for him. I think there's definitely a conversation to be had if that was the case. But missing those two games, I think it's Caleb Williams all day long. Um, and I might still even say Drake May might be second. I mean, he still had a hell of a year. Yeah, I can see him being second. I know the Heisman now, they only invite was it four? four players. Yeah, they made a, a new rule, four players, no more, no less. So I can see it being Caleb Williams, Drake May. I mean, I think those are the only two locks to go at this point. I mean, hopefully Blake Corm at least gets the invite. I think you might see C.J. Stroud there or Bryce. hate to say it, but uh, Max Duggan from TCU. Ah, yeah. He could, if they finish undefeated, he could be the dark horse to win it. Yeah, if they finish undefeated, I think he's for sure got, you know, taken that trip. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think conference championship weekend is going to be rather big for that. Seeing as, you know, Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, Blake Corm and Drake May are all playing. But yeah, I mean, if quietly, it today, it'd, it'd be Caleb Williams. I'd, oh, yeah. Uh, it's Caleb Williams award to lose at this point, in my opinion. So, but you know, then we, of course, will get a fresh set of college football rankings coming out this Tuesday. So this, I think this will be a no-brainer. We'll see our top four being Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC at this point. Yeah, I that's think five and six will probably be Bama and Ohio State. But I don't particularly want to see either of them get into the playoff. So I'm, I'm hoping we see TCU and USC handle business in their title games and they both just get in. Um, Realistically, I think that that is what the rankings are going to be in that exact order, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, and then uh, probably Ohio State over Bama because only one loss compared to two, although that one loss was fucking terrible. Um, In my rankings, it would not be Ohio State at five. It would be Bama, Tennessee, and then Ohio State would fall right ahead of Penn State at seven because that's the only – that's the highest ranked team Ohio State could beat. So – yeah, wouldn't be mad about that either. But. I know, I know you wouldn't. I'm just disheartened after that ass beating and getting the key, the teeth kicked in. So yeah, gonna need to see the agendas this week at OSU. I don't, I don't think Ohio State deserves to go in, regardless of what happens with the ass kicking they took. You can't I mean, lose by a... 23 at home to your rival and be rewarded with the playoff berth. They made the job on the committee easy. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really good. easy if TCU and USC both win. They made they made it. I mean, there's no question. But I, I, I mean, as a Michigan faithful, I'm hoping that TCU USC win, and we see it. Like I said, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. So we draw TCU in the first round. Definitely don't want to see Caleb Williams in the first round. Yeah, he could he could cause some problems. That's for sure. So hopefully dominoes fall that way. I think Michigan could fairly easily handle TCU for the most part. So that would that'd be the preferred matchup for me, at least. Yeah, that would one, be a one win in. That would be a more favorable matchup. I agree because I think USC. I don't think I don't think TCU is very good personally. I mean, they are I'm undefeated. I'll give them credit; they're undefeated, 
and if they win out, you know, conference champ, good for them. But uh, I don't think they're they're not a top four team. I don't I don't I don't think there there's I could list off four or five teams ranked below them that I think would easily beat TCU. Oh yeah, one hundred percent agree with that one. Unfortunately, they've got the best resume, undefeated conference champ. There's no way the committee could legitimately say they don't deserve to be in the top four of what they've done all year. Yeah, I mean, Which being is, undefeated you know, in a Power Five conference champ, I mean, you, you can't you can't argue it. But, but hey, this is why we need an eight, twelve, or sixteen team playoff. Or damn it, a super conference. We're inching closer and closer. I can't wait for more off season rumors and to see who else is getting realigned and where other people are going. So I think there's gonna I think there'll be a super conference at some point. Oh, there's gonna have to be. There'll probably I don't be two of them. See it, I, I don't either. But I'm excited for USC and UCLA to come to the Big Ten. Oh, me too. I, I hopefully when that time comes, the Big Ten will realign the conferences and or completely get rid of the balance. conference. Or re, or the you talk about divisions? Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. I, divisions are. It's one thing if the divisions are done correctly, but one division is clearly better than the other when it's going to be Michigan against Purdue. Yeah. Which sucks. I mean, like last year we played Iowa. I know they were highly ranked at the time, but they were well overmatched. And everyone knew that walking into the game. Right. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Purdue. For Purdue standards, they had a hell of a year, but they're 8-4. and four. There's no reason that an 8-4 team should be playing in the conference championship game. Yeah, this isn't the fucking Mac. It's the Big Ten. Right. Personally, I think it should be Wisconsin. Or not Wisconsin, Penn State, sorry. I misspoke. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I, mean I believe the last time the Big Ten realigned was when they brought in, uh, I think it was Rutgers of Maryland. Uh, yeah, Nebraska. but that was, I don't even, because that was when they had leaders in division. The leaders in, um, what was it, leaders in, I can't remember, they, the names legends. were different. That's it, leaders and legends. Uh, yeah, the, but yeah, that Maryland was the last Rutgers time. Rutgers came in, they went east and west. Yeah, correct. So even if they keep east and west, hopefully they just realign a little bit differently. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm good with east and west, but uh, you've got to do something because your, your three best dogs are on the same side. I mean, selfishly, I want to see Michigan and Ohio State on different sides of it. I, I think that would be I think that would be sweet because then at the end of the year, I, but then would you take away the Ohio State Michigan game every year? Absolutely not. That's just like in the old NCAA games. That's a protected rivalry. It's got to happen every year. I got you. So regardless of who wins that, you could still play again in the conference championship. I mean, you know, I think recently most years are at least past two years are still the best two teams in the conference. So. Why the hell shouldn't they go at it again? No, absolutely. I agree with you. I was just making sure that's where you were going. Yeah, I mean, I'm big on if you're the best teams, you should be rewarded with a title berth, title game berth. I'm not a big, not the biggest fan of divisions. Like the Big 12, I don't believe they have divisions anymore. Right. They're doing it right. I don't think the Pac-12 has divisions anymore. I mean, get rid of them. Just that's, like the SEC That's where I'm well. at. I mean, fucking LSU is getting in. 
Right. You know, I'd rather see Alabama eat. Fuck, I'd rather see Tennessee at this point, even without Hendon Hooker. I'd rather see Ole Miss. Right. I just, divisions are a negative at some point in time. And unfortunately for at least the Big Ten, since we went to this format, it has been a negative. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, divisions have their place and they can work in certain circumstances. But when the conference are aligned the way they are, like in the Big Ten, where you've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, which are predominantly good, if not great teams every single year in the same division, it just it makes no sense. And I would I would love to see Ohio State get another chance at Michigan. So I'm, I would be all for taking away divisions. I, I think it's coming. It just isn't going to happen fast enough. No, and, you know, by the time we expand, we'll have 16 teams, I believe. So at that point, you know, it's kind of hard to not have divisions. Right. Which does suck. And I have a feeling they'll just swing one team from the west over to the east and add SC and UCLA out there to the west. And just yeah. call it a day. I mean, I could I could see that. I, that's probably what's what's going to happen. You know, and then it'll be the winner of Michigan and Ohio State going against probably USC every year. Yeah. I mean UCLA is playing better. No, they're still... they're getting they're getting better, but USC if you toss them into what is it, the East division? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you toss them into the East division, I mean they're and then took Penn State and threw them over there too. I still would say ninety percent of the time it would be USC coming out of that side. And then the other ten would probably be Penn State. Yeah, I mean USC is gonna. They're gonna be. They're here to stay. I think for the next handful of years at least. I mean, Caleb Williams right now, and then Malachi Nelson coming in. There, and I've seen some Xavier Worthy transfer rumors to USC for next year. Braylon, Braylon Allen. Allen, right? So it, uh, they're here to stay. I, defense yeah, I think or no defense. I think as long as Lincoln Riley's there, I think they're. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be relevant. Yeah, un- unfortunately for them coming to the Big Ten, a more defensive oriented conference, I think it will be a little little bit of a challenge for them to start out. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think so too. Um, they're eventually gonna have to get that defense, you know, make it better. They they can't just steamroll like they have the Pac-12 this year. Um, but Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley will figure that out. Maybe he'll bring his old buddy Alex Grinch back or something. Yeah, he'll, he'll pull something out of his ass to even the odds a little bit in his favor. But speaking of SC, they do play in the Pac-12 title game, and they do get another crack at Utah, who handed them their one loss this year by one point. Albeit, I believe it was a road game in Salt, was it Salt Lake City. So... That'll be an interesting rematch. I think Utah is going to pull, or sorry, USC is going to pull it out this time, and I think it'll probably be a blowout or, you know, two, three score game in the end. As much as I would like to see Utah win, I, I think I agree with you. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but it'll be one of those games where, like, it's never in question. USC wins by fourteen to twenty-one, and it's it's not a question who the better team is that day. Yeah. I think Lee can Riley getting a second crack at him. I think he's coming for that ass and 
All gas, no brakes for him. I don't think he really had any breaks in the first game. I mean, shit, Caleb Williams had almost 400 passing yards and five touchdowns. I think he it'll did. be all it'll all be on that defense, though. But those were the only five touchdowns they had, unfortunately for them, obviously. Uh, they had a rushing touchdown by Travis Dye, but... Um, yeah, you're right. They had six because they scored 42. But, um, I mean, it, I don't think Utah puts up 43 again. I think no, that's I that's either. that's the yeah. bigger thing. Cam Rising had, I believe, over 400 pass yards that game, and I don't see that happening again either. Yeah, yeah, he had 415. He had two passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's a career day for Cam Rising, and I love Cam Rising. He's not doing it again. I I don't think. I mean, it. I just yeah, don't I, think that happens. I guess that's mostly why I think it'll be a blowout. I don't think they'll be able to keep up. I think USC is going to do what they normally do and hang 35, 40 plus on you. And I just don't think Utah is going to be able to hang with them again. I think it'll be like 42 to 28, 24, somewhere that range. Yeah, it should be a, at least for the first half, should be a halfway decent game to watch. I think so. Yeah, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a good game. I mean, it'll be exciting seeing Cam Rising and Caleb Williams go at it again for second time in the season. Um, it just depends on if USC's defense gets two or three stops that game. Yeah, but then we have the only other really, I guess, compelling matchup: LSU and Georgia. Not so compelling now that LSU took another loss, but I think it's going to be. Like you just said, not going to be a blowout, but Georgia's going to control the game and never leave it in question. They're just going to get up by two scores early, and that'll just be the pace of the game. Yeah, it'll be like um, like Georgia against Tennessee all over again is how I'm kind of feeling. Like, yeah, uh, Georgia's a 17-point favorite. I, that, I think that's about where it ends up. I don't know if they cover, but I think, yeah, it'll be – uh, 31 to 13, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, which really doesn't matter for the playoff, but could matter for Heisman, Clemson, North Carolina. Clemson right now is an eight-point favorite. But a little bit surprised by that, given how DJU's played the last couple of weeks. Uh, then we got, seems like your favorite team this year, TCU and Kansas State. TCU's a two and a half point favorite right now. So they think that one's going to be a, a hell of a close game. And realistically, uh, it, it should be because I don't think TCU's very good personally. Um, I do no, like. Not, I don't. Think I do Kansas like Duggan. State's very good either. No, That's I don't. The sad right. Thing. And they sh- it should tell you here TCU only being two and a half point favorites that nobody <clears throat> thinks TCU is very good. I mean, I've I've said it for several weeks. TCU's not a top four team. It's just they're undefeated. I mean, but I I can't blame them if they go in. If they win this game and are undefeated and a power five conference champ, they deserve to be there. But they're not a top four team. Not they're not one of the best four teams. Let me rephrase that. Um, I think TCU wins, but I think it's I think it's a three point game. It'll probably be, or I could even see it being like how they beat Baylor, you know, game winning field goal at the end. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a very exciting game to watch. Nah. Just for me, I don't think either team's very good, and I don't see it being scored at a high pace. No, I think it'll be 
29-28. Baylor all over again. Yeah, surprisingly with a Big 12 game. But I, other than that, I mean, Michigan-Purdue, I think we all know how that's more than likely going to turn out. And Michigan's 16-point favorites right now, and I think you guys win by about 28, personally. Yeah, I think it'll be Iowa-Michigan all over again from last year. I mean, it, it, I take that back. It'll probably be like 42-6. to six. Yeah, I'm not, not looking forward to watching that game very much. I don't see it being competitive at all. I think we'll just get out early and run around and shit and score touchdowns on the ground, and that defense will hold true and pretty much shut Purdue down. Yeah, I think so. I, I could see you guys going off again and getting 400 rushing yards as a team and it just never being close. You know, the closest it'll be is a kickoff. Yeah. I can't say you're wrong. I mean, maybe, maybe Purdue makes me eat my words, you know, and if they do, I'm, it is what it is, but I don't see that happening. I just, I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. But that'll about do it for this week's episode of Debbie Football Talk, unless you got anything else on the slate, Derek? Any little nuggets you want to share with us from this past weekend or looking forward? You know, unfortunately, um, college season's I mean, pretty it's, much it's, over with. It's about over. I mean, um, Clemson took another loss to South Carolina. Spentler um, Rattler definitely ended his career on a positive note. Yeah. Taking down Clemson and Tennessee. Uh, although, granted, this game he didn't have the crazy box score like he did the week before. Uh, only had two touchdowns, also threw two picks, but still won. Um, Clemson obviously gets knocked out of the CFP with that loss. Uh, like you said, Clemson does play North Carolina, which might have some implications for the Heisman. We'll see how Drake May does against, I, I think, his toughest competition of the season so far. Yeah, uh, say, yeah. Notre yeah. Dame might be Notre Dame's probably second, but yeah. So, you know, we'll see what what Drake May does and see if he can maybe overtake Caleb Williams. I, I doubt it, but yeah, shit can happen. Yeah. You- you just never know. So it'll, hopefully we'll have a few exciting games. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Debbie Football Talk. You can find us all on Twitter at Gump7285. Derek is at D underscore K-O-C-H-9-3. And the podcast is at DFT Podcast. And please, please, on Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you're listening, Feel free to leave us a rating review. We'd be very eager to hear your thoughts on the show so far and anything else you'd like us here to talk would like to hear us talk about in the future. But that'll wrap us up. We're going to get out of here and hopefully we have a good week of conference championship football. See you guys. See ya.